0: bodding started. Quick zhuzh, quick drink of coffee. Okay, so three, two, one, and pose. Hola, Sonia. Hola. <laughs> ¿Cómo estás?
1: Muy bien, ¿y tú?
0: <laughs> oh, muy bien, gracias. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> And uh, uh, welcome to everybody that is listening or watching this podcast. You might be wondering, has Wix gone Spanish? Well, um, I've been learning Spanish over the course of the last year. And Sonia is one of my wonderful Wix sisters who's been entertaining me and letting me practice on her. So thank you so much for that, Sonia. Thank you for being here today.
1: (laughs) You're most welcome. Thank you for having me.
0: So, uh, Sonia, let's start with the same question I ask all of our podcast guests. And that is, how did you find your way to Women in CX? And what's been happening in there for you? It's been a wow. while, hasn't it? You are one of the first. It has <laughs>
1: been a while. Well, I could say it's been, what, two years now? Years, yeah. Wow, two yeah. years. I can't believe it. Well, to be honest, I can't really remember how I came across it. But I think it was because I saw a post on LinkedIn by you know one of the um, alpha founders, and uh, I don't know if it was you or someone else, and then uh, I think, in fact, it was Marta, Marta Domingo, who contacted me, and she said, hey, would you be interested in this? It's really cool. Um, obviously, that was at the very, very beginning, yeah. so, you know, but it was still there getting designed. And mm-hmm. uh, so I say, yeah, sure. You know, I love these things, especially if these, you know, uh, formed by a woman and if it's been de- designed by us for us. Mm-hmm. You know, it sounded really cool. So then I go in touch with you. Uh, we had a chat, and mm-hmm. there was chemistry there. I thought you were great. You were a great leader. You really, you know, I mean, by the words you were saying, I thought she knows what she's talking about. So uh, yeah, you sounded really good. So I said, yeah, sure, why not? So um, then we started having meetings at the beginning. Remember those days? Yeah, we were like you, you design
0: workshops. Wow, <laughs> uh,
1: workshops all the time, designing <laughs> workshops, and then, you know, feedback, and then research, internal research. It was a lot of things, you know, going on there. It was a lot of fun. Uh, it was great. We really got to know each other, you know, that little bunch of people were there together. And uh, so, yeah, and then from there... Lots of things have happened Um, from that very first moment, you know, I really, really bonded with some people because, like I said, you know, we're spending so long together, so many hours together at the end of the week um i don't know how we managed to be
0: honest <laughs> it was it was in the pandemic there wasn't it and like loads oh, yeah. of us our consulting mm. businesses had basically died so we had nothing
1: <laughs> to exactly. work
0: on at the time and like hanging out on um zoom and working on a project together that was around customer experience or member experience yeah for weeks it was a bit of a lifesaver for a lot of us i know it was for me um, it was but yeah it but was. things have changed for you since so um,
1: a lot, yeah. because you know, out of <laughs> um, all those people that we met at the beginning, um, obviously we shared a lot of things apart from values, experience, uh, interest, motivations. You know, we shared so many things. It was so so easy to bond, and uh, so some of us decided to try work on projects together. Uh, we said, yeah, why not? You know, like I said, it was the pandemic and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, things were not running the way we wanted. So they say, yeah, let's, you know, seek opportunities somewhere. <laughs> so we got together, a few of us. And uh, at the end, um, after a couple of years, you know, of also redesigning and, you know, this this uh, process that we love following, uh, we became a Kullari. And uh, now we are a solid group of people working together. We've been working in many projects together. And, uh, you know, the, the, the feeling is is there, still there. It's the same feeling, the same, you know, motivation, the same interest, the same bonding. So it's fantastic, fantastic. And yeah. uh, we are all very, very close to two weeks because, you know, it's like our beginning and uh, you know our ongoing so we're still there and uh, still many more interesting and amazing people joining us so it's like non-stop and you know we keep redesigning and we keep you know improving getting better you guys are amazing constantly coming up you know with with this amazing stuff you know the all of us go wow really did you pick <laughs> up that you know so you understand the community so well mm. and there are always opportunities you know for everybody to get involved and you know I, I just I just find this um it's a great community that Aww. you guys created I'm still creating so yeah. every day every day you surprise me you know with news yeah we give up with this do you guys like it and we're like yeah we love it <laughs> yeah and
0: um I think We're going to go on to talk about this later, but that's always been a shared love of ours, hasn't it? How to design customer experiences, how to research and iterate and design and develop products and services in response to customer needs. And um, it was just an absolute joy to get to do that with such a passionate group back at the start. And I'm just so proud that we've been able to continue that. But your story, the story, is definitely one of my favorite community stories um stories to tell because you know that's yeah. what we built the community for right so bring women together to collaborate and support one another and you mm-hmm. guys just took it to the next level collaborated and built a, a mm-hmm. business together and a winning business together and you've got you've earned some really massive contracts haven't you recently as well
1: yeah recently we have we're getting yeah. a lot into pharma and the you know which is also an industry that we love because mm-hmm. you know the reward that you get when you get for this industry is amazing because at the end of the day you're designing for sick people so you know make a difference as, yeah, totally you know you always try make a difference so that goes with us very much and uh, yeah it's it's really really great i mean customers yeah. that we get in obviously you know like everybody we have to work every day work mm-hmm. really hard to get the business but yeah. you know we we get in there we get in there yeah. Yeah. I just
0: remember you running up to me when you came to Wix Global Gathering. It was the day that you found out you got your first big contract, the big win, wasn't it? Exactly. It was like, actually, at our conference. So, yeah, yeah I'm just so the happy day. for you. That so was happy the for day. you all. Power, yeah. power of collaboration and women supporting one another, um, transpiring to these amazing results and um, a better business and life for all of you. And, yeah, just Absolutely. really love seeing what you're doing um, especially over on LinkedIn and all your like live webinars and stuff so well done you well done team Oh um, <laughs> So I'm sure the listeners would love to know having heard about the community and like knowing now you run this agency um, collaboration including a load of members from Women in CX but what was your career journey to get to the point of becoming a freelancer or setting well, up your own agency what did you do like to <laughs> to get here?
1: Well it's been a while. Um, You know, (laughs) we're not getting any younger. Um, But yeah, well, I started uh, working in UK. I moved to UK like a year after I finished my degree and I got into telecoms. I was working in telco for a few years there. Then I came back and I brought my husband with me. And, uh, oh,
0: and, and by the way, Sanchez has husband looks just like Idris Elba. <laughs> Super handsome guy. <laughs> I said it yeah. when I saw your WhatsApp photo. I was like, I, I can't know.
1: complain. I can't You're complain, a celebrity. Really.
0: But, yeah. <laughs> he literally looks
1: like Idris Elba. <laughs> it does, it does. It looks like it, but no. Uh, but yeah, I brought this lovely guy with me. And uh, so we moved to Madrid because I'm from Bilbao, from the north of Spain. And uh, and then I carried on working on Talco for a few years. But then there were so many moves in the market because at the time when I was doing this, uh, people were a lot more focused on getting a job um, based on what you studied, and uh, you know also the degrees that you could de- could do were quite limited. Not like now that mm. you can basically do the degree Really practical you know, ones. <laughs> yeah, learn to yourself. You know the best mm-hmm. way. You know whatever yeah. is most suitable to you. But at that time it was like this degree or this other one, right? Mm-hmm. So um, so what, then I moved to Madrid. I was still in Talca. And then after a few years in and having my two kids there Mm -hmm. uh, at that time, uh, I moved into logistics. And then, but the situation was like, this is not me. This is not what I like. I mean, I always have to do things the way other people want. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I don't agree. And uh, I'm not saying I'm right, but it's just the, Mm -hmm. you know, things that you would like to do in a different way. And uh, sometimes you don't get the freedom to even speak about it, right? Uh, Or to discuss it. (laughs) <laughs> so then that I decided to just go freelance. That was in 2012. Mm. So it's been a while. And uh, so I set up this company with this partner of mine. And uh, we were working together for a few years um, until this good opportunity came up, um, which is uh, it was Sketching, which is one of the biggest design studios in Europe. Um, they wanted to open a business unit in Spain. And they wanted me to run it. And it was uh, starting with a big, big project in Endesa, which is a huge uh, electricity company, Mm. uh, global. uh, But this was the the, the company in Spain. So it was a very big project going on there. It was not going really well in terms of... um, expectations management, stakeholders Mm -hmm. management, and stuff. Mm -hmm. So um, I just went into it, straight into it, like half the project thought. it all out. (laughs) Wow, that was amazing. I mean, poof. Um, But yeah, I mean, it kind of worked out the way. And uh, so then I stayed uh, managing the business unit for a couple of years. But then uh, this new CEO came in, someone who didn't understand anything about design, didn't understand Mm -hmm. anything about customer experience, he thought that we were just you know selling smoke like we say it so Mm. you know he said well i'm not gonna help you guys because i don't really know what you do and i don't really care um yeah that was a a great message coming from a ceo yes Mm. um so i said okay well we're leaving so basically Mm. he closed the business unit and at that time i said i already knew i wanted to be freelance but now Mm. i know that i want to do things Mm. my way because mm. this is not right for employees yep. or for customers or yep. and I, I truly truly believe in customer experience truly believe in design and mm. uh, i said this is what i want to do so um that's the pandemic just kicked in mm. that was because uh this business unit was closed of, well, a month before the pandemic wow. february 2020. Mm-hmm. um so then during the pandemic apart from uh, enjoying myself a lot playing with Wix, Wix, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what, what i did was um i created a set up this company at the beginning it was called go we, uh, but then we had a brand conflict and we had to yeah change
0: oh i remember that yeah because yeah. it was um somebody else had trademarked it hadn't they so you had exactly. to change your name mm-hmm.
1: yeah and it was a record time i mean we had to change it all like in two months it's good mm-hmm. that we do that process like you know as part of our adn that we work on ourselves mm-hmm. you know we do retrospectives constantly and see what we like, what we've done, what we want to be, how we can add more value. You know, we're constantly uh, doubting ourselves, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, or criticizing the way we do things. And it was good because at that time, it was all kind of ready to change the brand and everything. Yeah. But it was, uh, like I said, in record time and uh, but yeah it was going get on with it because we are like we love action so um but yeah we still love action but the name doesn't say it that way mm-hmm. um and also um so yeah that was during the pandemic and uh, and then you know since then that's what i've been doing working on mm-hmm. designing customer experience you know strategic and service design basically mm-hmm. so yeah I'm it's creating, been a long journey
0: And creating content in spanish as well right
1: it, it was sorry
0: creating content in spanish
1: yeah also we are are creating as much as possible because we believe that we still need to i'm not going to say teach but we still need to spread the word you know about what customer experience is about um because still some companies are not really into it they don't really understand we still come across many companies who have never been in a design thinking process for example which to us is so obvious right but mm. you know, so so we still need to to you know help people understand what this is about, what the return mm. comes, you know, how helping customers help yourself, mm. and uh, yeah, we we're constantly creating content. Yes,
0: yeah, and in Spanish as well, though, right? So yeah, yeah. For yep. anyone who's listening that is Spanish speaking, then definitely head over to the Aquari page on LinkedIn, and you'll be able to see panel debates, fireside yep. chats. Um, I've I I've, I love following it because. I'm learning Spanish so I'm starting to understand <laughs> what your posts say now so
1: yeah and we're also doing these interviews which are called the 21 minutes with Aguyari yes. yeah, and
0: I'm coming, uh, I'm coming to do one aren't I but not yeah, in Spanish you are you are yes <laughs> not in Spanish
1: <laughs> yeah yeah I know but it, it, obviously we, we we do most of them in Spanish but we also do them in English and yeah. it's about bringing people uh, for 21 minutes to talk about why 21 minutes I don't know just came up like that don't ask me why um, but um, yeah so we talk about different subjects and uh, you know we've been talking about the role of the CX leaders in the companies and in the society about data about CRMs about um, everything. <laughs> everything yeah, and everything. artificial intelligence <laughs> we've been talking about all sorts and uh, you know the guests that we bring in are like you like top people Mm -hmm. so you know we want to hear your your opinions about everything.
0: I have to live up to that now being a top person gosh and you've involved a few of our members as well haven't you I think I saw Lorraine Boulogne was going to be featuring on one from Planhat, and yeah I just love the way that it all spreads out and seeing um, women starting podcasts and content like this and then bringing their CX sisters from the community in and all yeah. these collaborations just emerging everywhere. Um, it's a joy to see. I know that there's a few members, out not there, that started podcasts and literally the first like four or five guests were all women in CX. So we're all helping one another um, raise our profiles and amplify each other's voices now, which is just wonderful. But,
1: and it's not, it. but, but it's not also because we're sisters because we are in the same community or anything. I mean, there's a real interest in interviewing people in the community because they got a lot to say i mean there are mm. amazing profiles in there yeah. so it's about no, I, listening no, I to- to those people you know totally,
0: totally agree but i think um for me what i realized though is there was like a circuit and i i was part of that circuit and we'd all be asked to speak and it was a really small group and it would only yeah. ever extend to this gr- this small group so for me like I was like, how do I help other women get into that circle and get onto the stage or the podcasts? And now it's amazing. Like people are coming to me saying, I want to increase the gender diversity of my podcasts or my conferences. And I'm able to go to the community and say, right, ladies, who would like an opportunity to be a keynote speaker, to be a podcast guest and to write, to be featured in these lists. And now we're seeing so such greater representation and we're being seen, I guess, as an organisation that can help to do that like if I'd have thought two years ago that we could have seen that amount of impact and women starting their own stuff right okay you're not letting me play in that playground I'm going to build my own podcast and Mm -hmm. and you know I remember Julie started her francophone podcast in French and um, (laughs) Melissa with the retail tea break and like now they're getting great guests and it's just yeah it's just such an expansive um and inspiring (laughs) journey that has resulted in so many people raising their profiles and breaking into the um, top people yeah. rankings, right? So I'm, I'm I couldn't be happier about that. But anyway, back to you, back to your career story. So okay, um, so yeah, so like lived in the UK, went back to Madrid, had two kids in the middle, transitioned from telco, found yourself in um, logistics, realized you didn't really like that started something, got offered an opportunity that was too good to miss to start this business unit, which oh, unfortunately didn't work out because the CEO and then the whole thing mm-hmm. around um Goey, then Acuari, Like, that's quite some story. Um, you, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> You've done a hell of a lot and um, achieved great things. But I'm sure there must have been some barriers or challenges you had to mm-hmm. overcome to, to do all of that. Like, what oh, yeah. would you say... Is one of the biggest things that you have to get over in order to become the woman you are now?
1: Well, I would say there are quite a few and it's part of your growing, of your, you know, process of getting more mature. Uh, mm-hmm. I think age has got a lot to do with that. But um, uh, but it's true, the one of the biggest fears is when you decide that you want to do things different, that you don't want to be in a system where you're you're stuck to two walls mm-hmm. and you think that there is more out there the, the you know there are other other ways other things to be done um then the, you know it's, it's kind of a scary thinking yeah but what's going to happen you know especially when you become freelance and you say mm-hmm. uh, from now on I just depend on myself you know mm-hmm. and uh, it could be go I mean it could go well go really bad and what am I going to do am I going to say that I've been trying I've been off the market for two years for example mm. uh trying to launch my company and then you know go back to corporate and saying so what are you doing this, these two years um right now it will not be seen as so bad in fact mm. it would be seen as something good mm. because you've been trying to you know you're considered now you've an run entrepreneur a
0: bi- well you've run a business right so yeah. that can only be a positive thing having got yeah. the experience of running an enterprise that is your own like that yeah. would be a positive idea, wouldn't it, it could but, be but the question would be but why are you coming back to corporate <laughs> yeah
1: that's one of the things you know yeah. obviously it's good to to fail you know it's good to make mistakes because that's what you really learn but yeah. in certain cultures or you know <laughs> a few years ago I know what not, you're gonna
0: say
1: <laughs> it was not considered that good it was mm. considered a failure so mm. you know I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's good now, you know, it's very fortunate that right now at this time, uh, yeah. people who do that are considered entrepreneurs, are considered people, you know, with a, with a drive to do things. And, you know, it's seen as positive, but, but many but years also ago it wasn't.
0: Well, but there's also a flip side, isn't it? When you've been your own boss for a sufficient amount of time, I think yep. there is the concern. Can she or he be... Yep. like working for somebody else again I, I think at this point I am probably unemployable I don't think I could work for somebody <laughs> I agree with you. else because I'm so used to like having things you know my own way as in I'm leading um yeah. so to go back to corporate and have that deference I think I would really struggle if I'm like totally honest with myself I'd yeah. definitely be a better leader because of the experience I've had of running a startup for sure but I don't think I could go back to the round hole anymore yep. and be yep. corporate because I think I've changed so much as, yeah. as well. And there were a lot of things that frustrated me too about working in big organizations, like having to stick to the guardrails and seeing things that fundamentally I disagreed with, um, that conflicted with my values sometimes yeah, around exactly. people especially. Um, so yeah, it could be- I completely
1: agree. edged sword. Mm. I also consider myself unemployable now for a big corporate because <laughs> I could not, you know, exactly what you said. I mean, you have to follow yeah. the rails and sometimes the, those rails don't, don't go with you. It's not you. And in fact, we probably be shouldn't be saying this on a podcast, should we? Just in case we ever want to go back.
0: <laughs> probably should be saying, <laughs> we're unemployable.
1: <laughs> well, sorry, we take it back, you know, in case we need to, yeah. we'll let you know. We'll let you know. <laughs> yeah. We're bringing a lot of value here because, you know, after leading companies for a while, after yeah. trying to find your own way, you know, after listening to the customers so closely because they are your boss, You know, the customer is the boss now. There is no other boss in the middle. So, yeah, we would be bringing a lot of value into any organization, you know. Um, But, yeah, uh, that's the situation that it is right now. And uh, so I would say in terms of, uh, you know, difficulties or challenges, Mm -hmm. um, the one of not being scared, because at the end of the day, if you're working for a big company, you're getting paid a salary, but the day after, you could be fired, and then what? Um, so it's not a secure net either Mm. to be working for a company just because you're getting paid every month doesn't mean the next month you still will so (laughs) you know it's like and also you got two hands you got a brain um Mm. you got your drive and you got your energy and your Mm. passion and with that if you know what you're doing if you know what you're offering and the value Mm. that you're adding I'm sure you will find the customers who want to feel that value Mm -hmm. so It's just a question of working your way and uh, making sure that people understand how valuable you are and where and for what, Mm -hmm. and, you know, not not to be scared about who you are and what you Mm -hmm. can give. Um, But yeah, that is something that I guess we all have to go through at some point, you know, thinking, Mm -hmm. yes, this is what I am. This is what I do very well Mm -hmm. and uh, better than other people, because I do Mm -hmm. things better than other people. Other things I don't, but the things I know I do. Then yeah, why why not highlighting them? Yeah,
0: know? and that's an important message, isn't it? Like knowing your strengths and really playing to them,
1: mm. rather
0: than trying to be something you're not or compensate for bits parts that you know you're not never going to be excellent at. Or you'd have to spend so much time and effort and energy working on that part of you, your um, skill set that like you would just waste time, right? So right, yes. find your zone of genius. Get absolutely immersed in that and know the value of that and be confident to lead in that direction because you can always build a team that helps to compensate for the things that you're not strong at right and you you know the the opportunity to hire people that are completely the opposite of you to do that and build a team that has that full skill set together I think is something that I I didn't learn quickly enough, but I'm totally aware of now.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. That's that's the way it is. We all have our strengths and our values. And, uh, and also, I believe that people feel scared about selling mm. because there is probably this conception about selling, which I don't agree with. You're not trying to force anybody to buy anything from you. What you're trying to do is help someone with something that you know how to do, and do you know the other person needs? Yeah, that's I it. Think,
0: yeah, and I think I think for women it's even more difficult.
1: Yeah, um, and
0: obviously we spend time with like over two hundred and fifty women in our community who quite often share the same fears around self promotion, mm. whether that's um in a on the business side and looking to. Um, Influence and get stakeholder engagement and look for promotions themselves, or whether that's they've got their own businesses and they want to go out and they want to own business. Like, there's this inherent fear in women that we shouldn't sell (laughs) Mm. or promote ourselves too much because that might be frowned upon because we can't act like men in society's eyes because it's just perceived in such a different way. Mm. Like, guys could be shouting about their own success and achievements from the rooftops and no one would blink an eyelid. But if a woman behaves the same way like people start to judge and think who, who does she thinks she is yeah look at that. We how pushy of
1: that. she is well excuse me why yeah, am i pushy and you're not
0: <laughs> yeah yeah, push, yeah you get called pushy you're not you know, you know men get seen as assertive or yeah. um, confident whereas we're somehow doing exactly the same behavior but being perceived as arrogant or yeah. like and it's and it's so wrong um but i think we have to really let go of other people's perceptions mm. in order to uh, really put ourselves out there and it's not always going to work and you're not going to be for everybody I get that Um, mm. but if we always think about that like minority of people who are never going to approve of us or yeah. going to judge our behavior we're never going to get to the jobs or the people or the leaders or the clients that will really appreciate us for who we are because we would have been sat like a little mouse being quiet about exactly. our success and our achievements. So, um, yeah, like definitely um, massively encouraged by the amount of members I'm actually posting on LinkedIn who didn't when they joined yeah. <laughs> and, you know, shouting about their achievements and their successes and um, asking for the pay rises and the promotions, knowing their own worth and mm. um, feeling that encouragement because, yeah, I guess... The more we do act like that and just say, we don't care what you think, like yeah, the more it's going to become normal, right? <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> um, enough, enough of low profile. Yeah. Enough, totally. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. why low profile? I mean, yeah. some people out there have amazing high profiles. Mm-hmm. So show it, mm-hmm. you know, why Why being scared about that? And it doesn't matter whether it's your boss or a customer. It's the fear you know... of
0: judgment there, isn't it? That That's what holds exactly. us back. Like, I know there are times... I massively regret like I wrote a book that I never published because one person told me that it was too feminine um what's wrong with that well no I know that and, and I went on to found the women in cx community so definitely you're going to publish that book at some point because I think oh. incredible like, to be able to do that but the fear the fear of putting that book out into the world like and getting judged the same way as this person judged me petrified me so I just didn't do it so I spent, you know, months and 125,000 words, just went and got filed because I was too scared for the world to see my thoughts on paper. <laughs>
1: wow. Well, but it's, I mean, if you think about it, in this world of ours, in uh, CX, it's mainly women, mainly women, and uh, so why why are we so hidden? I mean, it should be you know a majority of women
0: well everything it, related yeah. to cx because that, we are out
1: there i mean it's not something we yeah. are requesting it's a fact right
0: yeah but the people well, that are being seen and in the leadership positions are men so yeah. that's why yeah. we exist together, isn't it anyway i'm just conscious of the time sonia and we've got to get into the main thrust of the conversation which is right. our shared passion of customer experience design Um. So, so, you know, you and I have had, like, so many chats and discussions around Mm -hmm. the fact that, you know, we're both um, obsessed with great design, Mm. Uh, both got kind of backgrounds in service design, experience design, um, Mm -hmm. product development, and have fashioned our own methodologies from a number of sources um, to create what we've been able to do for our clients, or in in my case now for the community. Mm -hmm. Um, But... I know that you really wanted to zero in on specifically the importance of research in co-design mm-hmm. and at the start we were talking about you know the research and co-design that we did it as a community but you know more, more, more broadly more generally um how important great research and discovery is so i think the first question i'd love to ask you is about what that first stage of research should look like um i know the automatic assumption for many is to choose quantitative research and surveys first. But mm-hmm. what are your thoughts? What should come first, qualitative or quantitative research?
1: Well, I will definitely go for the qual first. Because, yeah, do you, to, uh, do
0: you want to just explain, just in case anyone's listening and they don't know what qual and quant is? What's okay. the difference between qualitative or quantitative research?
1: <laughs> All right, okay. Uh, well, basically, the qual research is more based on. Uh, listening and understanding like in an open way just for you later to go and find out you know what is driving that person what the motivations are what the true feelings trying to go deep down into why someone behaves the way he or she behaves right Mm -hmm. Uh, where the quant research is more about usually a survey uh, where you ask a few questions and people answer you to those questions so yes you get numbers you get percentages uh but what you're doing is prejudging what mm-hmm. the other person is going to answer because you don't know everything that is in that person's head unless you have a conversation before uh, so the questions that you're asking might not even be relevant mm-hmm. because you don't really know you know what the person is thinking so um, yeah, the, I, I don't know if it's clear the difference or so what the way yeah, I, I, I just,
0: it. I just tend to keep it simple and say, like, you can't count the outputs of qualitative research. Okay. <laughs> you can't put a percentage or a number around it, whereas quantitative is just about data points, isn't it? Like you said, percentages and, and yes. numeric, um, but not, you don't really get to understand the why and motivations or the needs behind any of that stuff.
1: Exactly. You explained it a lot better than me. So <laughs> that that's the thing. So unless, I mean, there are many, many companies um, that do it the other way. And they first go yeah. for the quant because mm-hmm. it's easier. It's yeah. easier, obviously, just to send an email to lots of your customers, uh, get lots of responses, get lots of numbers, you know, mm-hmm. get graphics and uh, excels and blah, 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 mm-hmm. to show internally what you've mm-hmm. done, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's, it sounds big right mm, uh, yeah. but then what you get from that if you try to validate it with a quote, you might realize that everything you ask in the first place was completely irrelevant mm-hmm. right and you have to start from scratch mm-hmm. so what we do is um, and I believe truly believe this way is the right way first you talk to people you know you yes. try to understand who your persona could be but then you might break it all after you do the mm-hmm. call it might come out completely different but mm. uh, you, you're you based on something you know an idea that you might have mm. uh, who your customers are then you start yeah. talking to them you have a deep interview you let them talk obviously it's all guided but the, mm. the person you're talking to the interview it doesn't feel it that way uh, because it's a normal natural conversation yeah. and uh, mm. so then Afterwards, you get all that info, Mm -hmm. which is a lot more work behind the scenes than the quant research, a Mm -hmm. lot more, because you have to go into the details, read behind the lines, you know, Mm -hmm. try to understand feelings, motivations, you know, all that stuff. So then you work it and say, well, people who feel this way behave this way or people who have these uh, characteristics or Mm -hmm. uh, social demographics behave Mm -hmm. this way. Okay, fine, whatever, you know, division you have to do. And once you have that, obviously you get hypothesis to validate and say, Mm -hmm. we believe that people who are like this behave this way or decide this way. Okay, let's validate that. But you go to the quote research, you do a survey with a focus, very, very clear focus, saying, I want to validate this behavior out of these type of people. So, then, mm-hmm. yeah, you might get percentages numbers saying, mm-hmm. yes, in fact, 90% of the people this way or, or with these um, mm-hmm. characteristics or whatever behave this way or would like this or um, would enjoy this. Mm-hmm. Then, yes, you might use those numbers later to prioritize mm-hmm. where do you go, where do you don't, what you're gonna use, are you going to use, what are you going to use, what initiatives are you going to uh, implement. Because they're based on numbers and that gives you security in terms of return and success. That's it. But sometimes we have this discussion with customers when they say, but why don't you guys start with a survey? (laughs) Asking about what? (laughs) Mm. I don't know what to ask. Is this if you're happy? Okay, fine. We can ask about satisfaction, about recommendation, but nothing specific to validate what we believe Mm is what we found out in the qual. so sometimes it's complicated to make people understand that this is the way and also that you don't need to do 200 interviews mm. when you're doing a qual research because yeah you know this saturation of a speech the you mm. know the, the the marginal information that you get on the next interview is not worth it anymore because yeah it's, like, it's, it's
0: like six isn't it yeah six it's about the us. magic six number seven. Like, yeah yeah six or seven Uh um, yeah t- i well, obviously I agree um I think it's, it's also like the difference between innovation and improvement right mm-hmm. so um a lot of organizations don't have innovation mindset or capability mm-hmm. so all they ever do is continuously improve but when the space is opened for well maybe we could do something different <laughs> ah. like you have to have that qualitative research about needs and motivations and goals to be able to inform how you can beat them perhaps differently mm. um and i'm a massive fan of qual quant qual quant, qual yeah <laughs> stages and like and iterations of um, like hypothesis and validation but also quantifying demand i think is also important yeah. like how many um you know trying try to come up with like things that are similar in people's needs and motivations. So you can group them into segments, for mm-hmm. example, but then being able to test that, um, uh, that theory. And and I love down for that reason because you can involve people in qualitative research through mm. um, generating ideas and developing ideas together. Um, which is I think is the ultimate form of qual for me, you know, yeah. <laughs> involving people in actually coming up with um with concepts. But you're still going to need to test the interest in that. Um mm. But it doesn't necessarily need to be by a survey. Like There's things you can do with like, A, B, multivariant testing. Yeah. You could put like two sales pages up and target different people with them and see which appeals and how many clicks you get before you commit to mm. actually spending time building out that thing.
1: Um, yeah, it's about going small,
0: testing, small, yeah.
1: you know, yeah. see what test, happens without fear. It's about without fear, you know. I mean, yeah. some even some customers, uh, some companies are scared of talking to their own customers because they say they don't
0: want to find out
1: (laughs) no they don't want to find out what they're gonna say and Mm. also they say oh but we're gonna bother them it's like Mm. bother them no many customers are like so happy about talking to you so you know don't close the doors because people actually want and volunteer to speak to you Yeah. so people want to talk they want to have a conversation with you so you Mm. know don't, don't be scared and also, don't be scared about what they say, because, mm. you know, all that will definitely help you improve and also let your customers know that you are in the process of improvement, mm. which we all appreciate at the end. You know, mm. it's like, well, mm. I deal with this company. And they're not perfect, but I know they're constantly trying to get better. That's enough mm. for me.
0: Mm. Yeah, I appreciate I'm
1: not, I'm not expecting appreciate- you to be perfect, you know. yeah. But- at least the mindset of trying to to get better or to to get better for me at the end of the day. So, you know, I I, I mean, it's a feeling that we all customers appreciate. Yeah. So we shouldn't be scared. And also not scared about testing and, you know, just mm-hmm. in a group, you know, control group and saying, see what happens, you know, uh, companies. I mean, we all know companies and we are all customers of companies who do that constantly. And we're used to it. And we see that the website changes one day, for example, like you would say an A-B test and all of a sudden I get this new website and you get another one and it's like, oh, wow, they change it. And then, you know, the feedback they get is by how you move moving it or how, you know, you contact yeah. them and say whatever. But by it doesn't surprise mm-hmm. us so much anymore. You know, mm-hmm. companies mm-hmm. innovate constantly and we're used to it. So mm-hmm. why not ourselves?
0: Yeah, right. I totally agree. <laughs> totally agree. Yeah. I, But there there are limitations, aren't there? Because there are certain types of people who love contributing to research. Hmm. There are certain people who will turn up for free snacks and a 50-quid voucher. Um, So being able to make sure that that kind of sample is representative of real people rather than just people that are really, like, super willing to get involved. um, Yeah, well, I think
1: they say... There's that that theory that if you put 10 people together trying to represent a group, the... There's a high probability mm-hmm. that that group will represent reality. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> just by the nature of the fact it's 10 people. <laughs> it's, it, just by by, mm-hmm. by by probabilities, I mean, what's the probability of you getting 10 serial killers when you're trying to, you know, do a research <laughs> on a customer on a company's customer's uh, database? That's well, a funny example, Sonia. <laughs> the chances are very slim. So yeah. there will probably be a representation of your real database. So, you know, just obviously you have to look into it and make sure that you have, you know, proper representation, Mm. at least for the variables that you can control. But Mm. other than that, come on, you know,
0: (laughs) we could go down a rabbit hole on representation and inclusion. And we won't do that because I've got a podcast coming up with Christine Hemphill. Where okay. We're going to really deep dive into inclusion in research, so we'll stop that there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, I've really enjoyed the conversation today, it's been super fun to catch up uh, to reminisce over the last three years of our uh, journey together and you know just to see how far you have come with your agency, but also just to have a little bit of a geek about research in um, customer experience design together. Um, but now it's time to close this episode, oh. I'm afraid. So I wondered what your top takeaway from the conversation, or maybe one piece of advice you'd like to leave our listeners with. What would you say to them, Sonia?
1: Okay, I would say two things. First, don't be afraid. You are very valuable. Mm-hmm. You have your strengths, and you know them, so just show them. Okay, um, don't be scared by anything. And uh, the second one, more professionally speaking, is uh, again, don't be scared. <laughs> <laughs> about doing quality research, about talking to your customers, about getting into really deep interviews and uh, conversations, because you're going to get so many insights, and it was it's going to give you so much information for you to improve. Let them know that you're trying to improve. Let them know that you're trying to do better for them. And that is sometimes more than enough. You mm-hmm. don't need to be the best. You just need to show them you're trying to be the best for them and uh, that message gets through so yeah that would be my my only two
0: that's lovely well gracias for mm. your time today
1: <laughs> De nada, <un> placer.
0: <laughs> and thank you to everybody who listened or watched along today um it's been great and can't wait uh, to carry on our conversations in the community so that's it sure. for today we'll see you all next time but for now hasta luego
1: ¡Hasta luego!
0: Bye. ¡Gracias! ¡Bye! ¡That's it! We're done. We're done. Ok. We're done.